Hey everyone, this is Pastor Hall's son, Kevin Jr. As many of you know, Pastor Hall had a mini stroke early last week, and our family is truly grateful for your prayers. I'm also glad to share that he is doing much better and hopes to return to ministry very soon. While he is unable to give his weekly podcast message, we decided to take you down memory lane and share one of his memorable sermons from 2016 entitled, God is Still on the Throne. Be blessed. In the 45th number of Psalms, verse 6. I will read that verse in its entirety, even though I need to work with the A portion. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom is a right scepter. Thy
Donald Trump was elected even though he has no political or military experience. Trump has vowed to make our nation great again. A lot of people are not happy about Donald Trump being our new president. I'm sure Hillary Clinton for one. You have a lot of Americans who are very unhappy about this in the Bay Area as well as across this nation. Some people were so angry that they marched down streets destroying property and burning trash cans. Thousands of high school students in different parts of the country walked out of school to protest the Trump presidency. Uh, some Trump supporters have been attacked and uh, abused. Although Trump supporters celebrated, a lot of Clinton supporters are dismayed, disturbed, and disappointed. The election of Donald Trump becoming our 45th president almost overshadowed everything else on ballots. But I need everybody to hear that although many feel bad about the election results, we can be hopeful. And the reason why I said we can be hopeful is because God is still on the throne. Psalm 45, verse 6, uh, the eight portion says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. This psalm writer, most likely not King David, uh, declared that God's throne is forever. And, and you need to understand the uniqueness of this declaration because even though uh, King David's throne remained for centuries, his earthly throne was not forever. But here in the United States, we could refer to the president's life in the White House uh, as being a type of a throne. At the maximum, a president of the United States can serve two terms, which equals eight years on the White House throne. Unlike any other, God's throne is forever. Because, because God's throne is forever, this songwriter would have no problem declaring uh, that God is still on the throne. As God was on the throne in the past, uh, he is still on the throne in the present, and he will forever be on the throne in the future. 
So hear this, my beloved. Uh, regardless of how uncertain almost everything appears, we as believers can relax knowing that God is still on the throne. Everyone should reverence the throne. Look at somebody and say, that's the key idea. Everyone should reverence the throne. Pastor, why should everyone reverence the throne? Well, first of all, the throne signifies God's abode. All over the sanctuary say God's abode. The word abode means a place of residence or dwelling. God's abode and throne are in heaven. In, in other words, God resides and rules in heaven. Even though God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at the same time, his headquarters are in heaven. Teach, Pastor. God's abode is above rather than below. Have you ever noticed that heaven is always depicted above rather than below? For example, 40 days after Jesus resurrected, uh, uh, he did not go down. Uh, hear this. He ascended into heaven. Uh, in your Bible, I invite you to look with me at uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 51. Uh, in Luke 24 and 51, uh, it says, And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he parted from them and carried up, didn't say down, but up into heaven. I tried to paint a picture to help us to uh, see how heaven is always up. Uh, go to Acts chapter 1. Uh, Verses 9 through 11, again, the writings of uh, physician Luke. Uh, in Acts chapter 1, beginning verse 9, it says, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken, what? Up, not down. And a cloud received him out of their sight, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went, what? Up not down. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And then we see in verse 11, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up, not down, into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up, not down, from you into heaven uh, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Uh, likewise, uh, we as believers shall move up when it is our time to go to heaven. I invite you to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. 
1 Thessalonians, my second, uh, chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Uh, Paul says this, and this is very important for us to uh, be mindful of concerning the afterlife. Uh, Paul says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and uh, with the voice of uh, the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught, what? Up, not down. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So again, my beloved, God's abode, which is heaven, is above rather than below. Teach, Pastor, God's abode is being prepared to include God's people, uh, which does suggest that people who do not belong to God will not experience God's abode. Are you still with me? Jesus promised uh, before leaving that he was going away to prepare a place for believers. You do remember in John chapter 14, uh, verses 1 through 3, where Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Uh, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I, I would have told you. Here this, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, uh, I will come again and, and, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Come on and praise him for that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and God's people can only enter into God's abode through Jesus. Uh, it's in that same chapter, John 14 and 6, where Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, no man catch me uh, cometh unto the Father uh, but uh, by me. Uh, hear this, my beloved. Jesus is the only way to God. That there, there are a lot of people who are on the wrong train. Therefore, they're on their way to the wrong destination because they failed to get on board with Jesus. Uh, yes, uh, uh, a lot of people profess to know God, but they have failed in their experience because they failed to go through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to God. And Jesus is saying to St. John right now, uh, don't you get offended. Uh, don't you get uh, upset with folk who do not want to accept me now. He said, because the day will come when every knee must bow and every tongue must confess at that name of Jesus. Are y'all listening to me in here? 
So he is the only way to have a relationship with God. You have to believe in the Christ who died, who was buried and resurrected. Yeah, Jesus is not only the only way to God, but he's also the only way to God's abode, which is heaven. Uh, when I was a child, male courses used to sing, there's only one bridge that will take you to heaven. And in that song, they would say, that bridge is Jesus. Are y'all listening to me? In other words, Jesus is the only way for anybody to know God. He's the only way for anybody to be with God. Why don't you take a moment and praise God for that fact. And secondly, uh, the throne signifies God's availability. Everybody say availability. Yes, although God is so awesome, uh, he is still available. I, I, I'm going there. I'm prefacing it with although because uh, I hear this, most people down here, when they become very great, you cannot touch them. You can't get near them. But here, there's, there's nobody down here that's greater than God. And even though God is so awesome, what is, uh, hear this, what is so uh, remarkable is that he is still available. This present world consists of over 7 billion people. That's not to mention uh, uh, the billions who have preceded us uh, in death. Uh, only an awesome God can be available to over seven billion people at the same time. I'm going to tell you the reason why this is so awesome to me. Let me go ahead and confess. Uh, I have a very difficult time being available to all of St. John. Which consists of hundreds of parishioners. Well, here it is. God is available not only to hundreds, but we're talking about to billions of people. I tell you, that's an awesome God. And I think right now, collectively, uh, we need to just take a moment and let's just praise God for being so awesome, so great. God makes himself available to us while upon his throne. I invite you to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, a familiar passage. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4 and 16 is teaching us that we can come 
boldly unto the throne, regardless of who you and I are, regardless of how low the world may say we are, when we have become born again, when we are saved, God makes himself available to us. We can come to his throne at any time. There's some of us in here who's a witness that you can even approach his throne in the, the midnight hour, in the week hours of the morning. There are some of us in here that's a witness that, that he never sleeps. Uh, 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 he never slumbers. Can I get some help from the witnesses up in here? Uh, Hebrews 4 and 16 uh, is, is teaching us uh, that uh, we can obtain mercy from the throne. Now, my beloved, uh, I have stated uh, numerous times uh, that mercy is a shouting word for me because mercy simply means uh, God not punishing us for the punishment that we deserve. Are you listening to me? Uh, people here who's my age and older, we know something about a whipping. Uh, come on now. Uh, yes, I know this, this younger generation might not know, but for my age and older, we know something about being whipped by our parents when we did wrong. Uh, that doesn't matter. The word punishment, the word discipline meant whipping to us. <laughs> who, who am I preaching to up in here? Now, now there, there's a few of us who have experienced some moments when we did something wrong and, and our parent let us get off the hook. Our, our parent did not whip us that time as we expected our parent to do. Our parent made it very clear that, that, that he or she was aware of our wrong and, and, and they made it very clear. You, and, and they didn't say better, but you bet not. <laughs> do it again or next time are y'all listening to me and, and, and whenever who am I talking to whenever we experience that moment that was a sigh of relief well I need you to recognize that, that every day we have a sigh of relief because uh, there are whippings that God uh, uh, could give us for the wrong that we have done that he chooses not to do it. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, uh, that's the reason why I get happy when I talk about mercy. Is there anybody in here other than this pastor who is a recipient of God's mercy? Uh, is there anybody up in here other than this pastor uh, uh, who can say that I know he's had mercy on me? Uh, I grew up singing the song, Oh Lord, have mercy on on me. Fact of the matter, can I just testify that when I woke up this morning, I, I experienced a, a, a fresh dose of mercy. The mercy that he gave me yesterday was for yesterday's mistake, yesterday's error, yesterday's sin, but the mercy that I woke up with today is going to cover me for the day's mistake. Are y'all listening to me, somebody? Anybody else in here thankful to God for his mercy
I'm thankful, I'm thankful that, that the ride of the Hebrews did not stop there. Because you really cannot talk about mercy without talking about grace. Y'all not, y'all not with me. Hebrews 4 and 16 also teaches us that we can find grace to help us in our time of need. Now remember I said mercy is when God chooses not to punish us for the punishment that we deserve. Grace is when God chooses to bless us with the blessing that we do not deserve. Are y'all listening to me? And, and let me just say here to this 730 crowd, the same thing I told the, uh, to this 930 crowd, the same what I shared with the 730 crowd, uh, hear this, uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, concerning uh, God's blessings, uh, uh, don't make the mistake of going around here talking about you were lucky. I'm trying to say to this 9.30 crowd while I said that 7.30 crowd. Amen. When you receive, don't, don't, don't go around telling folk uh, uh, you were fortunate. Amen. Uh, when it comes to what you have, you want people to know that you are blessed. Are y'all listening to me? See, when you say that you are blessed, that, that suggests that you have something uh, that came from somebody else. You, when you say you are blessed, that, that suggests that the blesser has passed your way. When you say you are blessed, uh, that suggests that God is in your life. And, and hear this, uh, when it comes to your health, uh, when it comes to your well-being, uh, when it comes to your finances, uh, when it comes to your employment, when it comes comes to your roof over your head, when it comes to your transportation, you want the world to know that you have been blessed. That doesn't matter, you might be more specific and let folks know that the Lord is blessing me. And is there anybody in here want to testify right now and tell somebody next to you that he keeps on blessing me over and over again. Come on and praise him right now. I, I really, I really love how God makes himself available to us. That's the reason why I love that hymn, uh, Pass Me Not. I, I feel sorry for this new generation where they're growing up trying to get away from the hymns. And I don't have anything, uh, I don't have any arms. I don't have a problem with uh, what we're singing today. But don't forget what we sang yesterday. Are y'all with me here? I, I have a problem with anybody who wants to live in the today and forget the yesterday. You got to remember it took yesterday to get us to our today. And I grew up singing that song, Pass Me Not. Old gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others are calling, do not pass me by. I love that second verse, let me at. Notice it says, let me. Can't get there on my own. So I got to say, let me at thy throne of mercy. And find a sweet relief, kneeling there in deep contrition. Help my unbelief. I like to add, I'm calling, Savior. Are y'all listening to me? 
You see, the reason why I like to add, I'm calling because you might not call. But the reason why I'm saying it because I'm calling. Saying. Saying. Hear my humble cry while on others thou art called. Please do not pass me by. Come on and praise them up here, here. Back man, let me give you a reason to praise them. If you appreciate how God makes himself available to you, take a moment and praise God in a mighty way. Thirdly and lastly, the throne signifies God's authority. God's authority is seen primarily in his control and future judgment. Well, those of you taking notes, put that down. God is in control. I just want to remind everybody, regardless of what the media is saying, the reason why God has us here on this Sunday morning, because he wants us to know he's in control. Uh, God will judge the world soon and very soon. God's authority is greater than man's authority. Man has some power, but God has all power. A man might be mighty, but God is almighty. Last Tuesday, a lot of people waited to hear Donald Trump speak. On the following Wednesday morning, a lot of people waited to hear Hillary Clinton speak. Well, let me just say, I did not wait to hear either one. Hear this, I'm waiting to hear God speak. Regardless of what's on man's agenda, I need to remind us today that God has an agenda. God's agenda will prevail. Uh, let me say it like the old preacher would say, he rules and he super rules. Uh, William Copper, uh, a hymnologist said it like this, he moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. Uh, he plants, come on now, his footsteps in the sea. And guess what? He rides upon the storm. Will you look at somebody and just tell them he's riding? Amen. Some matter of fact, somebody might want to pray right now. Ride like you used to ride. Oh, yes, God, God's authority. God, God has authority not only here, uh, but also hereafter. On Judgment Day. When you look at somebody and say, there will be a Judgment Day. Uh, uh, God will demonstrate his authority. Uh, God will determine and declare who will go to heaven and who will go to hell. God will determine and declare who will sit around his throne and who will not sit around his throne. If you don't believe me, look in the Bible for yourself. I invite you again, uh, and this time, to Matthew chapter 25. I want you to go there so you can see it for yourself. 
Amen. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, Matthew 25, verse 34, uh, Jesus uh, 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 is, uh, is speaking these words uh, as recorded by Matthew. It says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, and you want to underline right hand. That's where you want to be. Amen. Come ye, blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Go down to verse 41 in that 25th chapter of Matthew. And it reads, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand. You don't want to be on the left hand. Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, go down uh, further, and this time when I say further, let's go to the end of the Bible, almost at the very end. I, I, I invite you to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 20, and I, I want to, I want to uh, begin reading in verse 11. Don't let the devil scare you about Revelation, because the Bible says a blessing for those who just read it. I, I, go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, and, 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 and in verse 11, I'll begin reading where it says, And I saw a, a great white throne, amen, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Uh, and I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God. And, and, and the books were open. I need everybody to understand that God has a book on you. Amen. And it says, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Everybody just repeat these words. Every tub got the set on its own bottom. Now keep going, Pastor. And, and then in verse 13, it says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. All those individuals who man has never discovered, uh, uh, it's said here that the sea had to release them. And death and hell, meaning death and Hades, uh, delivered up the dead which were in them, and, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. Everybody will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 14, and death and hell, meaning Hades, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And then the last verse says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. People who have been born again will be found in the book of life. So take a moment and praise God if you're in that category. My brothers and my sisters, on Judgment Day, I want to be seated on the right hand, on the right side of Jesus. Remember, those on the left side will go to hell. You don't want to wake up and find yourself at the left because you know that you're already in trouble. Uh, those on the right side will go to heaven. But those seated on the right side of Jesus will hear him say, servant, well done. Those seated on the right side of Jesus will be invited to come 
and inherit the kingdom prepared from the foundation of the world. Those seated on the right side of Jesus will find ourselves written in the book of life. Those seated on the right side of Jesus will experience God wiping our tears away. This will occur somewhere around God's heavenly throne where there shall be no more death, where there shall be no more sorrow, where there shall be no more crying, where there shall be no more pain. For the Bible says the former things are passed away. I tell you, brothers and sisters, the throne signifies God's abode. The throne signifies God's availability. But also the throne signifies God's authority. Today I stand among a divided nation. I cannot recall an election where people reacted the way they have done in these last five days. Therefore, I, I, I must remind each of us that God, you don't hear me today, is still on the throne. Presidents will come and go. Senators will come and go. Governors will come and go. Mayors will come and go. But praise be to God. Come on and help me somebody. That he is the same today as he was on yesterday. And he, he will be forevermore. So my brothers and sisters, uh, it really does not matter who's in the White House. Because God, <laughs> y'all don't want to have church here. I, I, I think I better say it again. It really does not matter uh, who enters into the White House. Because God is still on the throne. Since God is still on the throne, uh, we should put our trust in Him. Why don't you look at somebody, look at somebody right now, and say, neighbor, put your trust in the Lord. Come on and praise him for that. Put your trust, I said, in the Lord. Don't make the mistake of putting your trust in Donald Trump. Don't you make the mistake of putting your trust in any politician. Don't you make the mistake of putting your trust in any preacher. Don't you make the mistake of putting your trust in anybody. God is the only one who we can put our trust in. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. If you are a child, a child of God, 
He's got your back. Look at somebody right now and say, he's got my back. He's got your back. He proved it one day on Calvary. He died. He was buried. But Sunday morning, he got up with all power. I said, all power in his hand. If you are a child of God, I come by to tell you today, he's got your back. Do I have a witness? I heard David say, I have been young, but now I'm old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Since God is on the throne, it is no secret what God can do. Do I have a witness? I heard. Dr. Frank Ray shared a story about how he took a tour to London. In this tour, Dr. Ray said he visited C.H. Spurgeon's church. He visited the Queen's Palace. He visited Big Ben. Now, in case you don't know about Big Ben, Big Ben is the third largest clock in the world. Are y'all with me? People in London depended on Big Ben. But one day, the clock stopped working. Technicians from all over the world tried to repair Big Ben, but they failed to do it because Big Ben was a landmark. They decided to put a fence around it so tourists could still see Big Ben. But one day, an old man stopped by asked the security guard to allow me to look at Big Ben. The security guard told the old man, you can't go in, but the old man kept on pleading. He said, let me in. Finally, the security guard let the old man in. And within a few minutes, Big Ben started working again. The media was baffled. They asked the old man, how is it you were able to fix Big Ben? We called technicians from all over the world to fix Big Ben and only you were able to fix Big Ben. The old man said, well, there's one thing different about me and all the other technicians. I am the one that made Big Ben. And since I made Big Ben, I know all about Big Ben. Do y'all hear me here? Well, St. John, God is saying, I am the one that made this world. And I 
Pastor Hall and the St. John family, we thank you for joining us for this week's Kingdom Building Podcast. Be blessed.